I invite you to hear right along with me as we open our Bibles near the end to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'll give you plenty of time to turn back there. We will have a handful of passages projected on the screen behind me, but you need a Bible open or on. Find 1 Peter chapter 1. That is our text. We will read it together in just a few moments. Let me echo the welcome that has already been extended. It is so good to be with you this morning. The reason that Israel needed to hear back in the days of Moses, those words, such famous words that we have sung together this morning, is that God wanted them to learn If you enter into covenant relationship with me, you can leave Mount Sinai and and go into this promised land that I am giving you, saying to yourselves and to everyone, we are his and he is ours. What an incredible thought, an incredible phrase that we have made our theme for this year. We've made it very personal. I am his and he is mine. If you were with us last Sunday morning, we went back to the Gospel of John chapter 21 and we looked at an instance when the Apostle Paul came, or the Apostle Peter I should say, came to see that phrase perhaps more clearly, more personally than He ever had before. Peter had walked with Jesus, had followed Jesus for three years, but he had failed and failed spectacularly. And it it, it took that scene in John chapter 21 to set Peter on a new trajectory for the rest of his life so that he could say wherever he went what Ever people he came across, whatever opportunities he had to share this good news that Ashley was drawing our attention to just a moment ago, he could say confidently and help others to be able to say, I am his and he is mine. One thing to open our Bibles and to go back and look at how that became personal to them through their eyes and we we thank God we ought to spend time in God's Word studying examples like that but one of the amazing things about God's revelation to us that has been preserved has been translated into every language under heaven It is being studied and read and heard and reflected upon all over this world today. How amazing that God has preserved the writings of men like Peter. Eyewitnesses who walked with him and were sent by him, by the Lord, into all the world so that not just men like Peter and James and John and Mary and Martha and Paul and and others, not just so that they could say this, but so that we can say this. 
and I'd love to bounce off of where we were last Sunday morning in John chapter 1 through the eyes of Peter using the pen of Peter. And what we have as 1 Peter chapter 1. And my aim this morning is very, very simple. It is just to use this chapter from the inspired pen of Peter so that by the time we are done together this morning, all of us can see what is possible because of this amazing Jesus that we've remembered this morning. Would you read with me beginning in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 where we're told Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's the author to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ though you have not seen him you love him Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope 
fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear through the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly, from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through what have we been reading this morning? The living and abiding Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all is glory, like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the Word of the Lord remains forever and this word is the good news that was preached to you how absolutely incredible that 2000 years ago the holy spirit of god carried this former fisherman along to write these God-breathed words somewhere that would be prized, taken care of, carefully copied and dispersed. Wherever there were God's people in that region that we heard about in those first few verses. And not just dispersed, but held on to and treasured and preserved and copied carefully over and over and over again. How absolutely incredible that we have so many copies, even in the language that Peter spoke and wrote. Now translated into the language that you and I speak. And here we are 2,000 years after the Holy Spirit provided this unsearchably 
precious gift. And you and I are able to gather doing exactly what the Apostle Paul told young Timothy. Timothy, you, you want to help things be established in Ephesus? Give attention to the public reading of God's Word. And we stand in that heritage this morning so that we might be able to say, just as Peter said, I am his and he is mine. Would you slow down and set aside as Darren prayed for all of us this morning, whatever it is that you carried in from this past week into this room and appreciate what we have in the palms of our hand. Here is someone commissioned by the Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, sent on a mission. But he was not the first. He is one in a long line of messengers. Did you hear what he said in verses 10 and 11? I'm talking to you about salvation and concerning this salvation, the prophets who had lived centuries before Peter, who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, they searched and inquired carefully. God used them, this long line of messengers, to communicate. And I want you to especially notice with me verse 12. Those men, Isaiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Malachi. We've sung together words from the prophet Malachi. This beautiful promise that the sun will rise on God's people with healing in its wings. Peter, James, John. Paul, whomever you want to talk about, these men over the course of centuries are used by God as messengers who served you. Do you see that? Do you hear that in verse 12? I don't know how you've been served this past week. I don't know how you anticipate being served this week. But it is nothing compared to the way you have already been served by the messengers of God. It was revealed to them, verse 12, they were serving not themselves but you. In the things that have now been announced to you. Through those who preach the good news to you. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. What we hold in our hands this morning are things that angels in heaven at one point longed to look into. And so how is it that the infinitely holy and awesome mind of God somehow some way communicates with you and me today? I love how Peter begins this message right there in verse 2 with three basic bullet points listen to me this morning that can change your life. 
Notice them in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. All of this was, number one, according to the foreknowledge of God. You have a creator who loved you first, who knew you even when you were in the womb, who knows how many hairs are on your head, who knows the words that are going to come out of your mouth while they are still in your mind. This God, before he said in Genesis 1 verse 1, let there be light, had a plan. And Peter is anchoring everything that he is about to tell us, every challenge he's going to make, every instruction and warning and admonition He's rooting it right here. There is a God. You're not him, but he cares about you. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit. Let's not overcomplicate that big S word in the middle of that phrase. It is taking something that is out of line and putting it back in line. It is taking something that has been bent and twisted and made crooked and making it straight once again. It is taking something that is out of bounds, the one who is out of bounds, picking him or her up, showing them where to be in bounds. It is unholy people who have not listened to the God who had a plan, who, who rightly defines life the way it was meant to be, the Spirit gets involved in the forgiving of our trespasses, in the cleansing of our consciences, the transformation of unholy, undeserving worthy of eternal death sinners takes them out of the domain of darkness and transfers them into the kingdom of light by the work of God's Son. This is where everything is rooted. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, your Creator had a plan. The Spirit is involved in getting you in line with that plan. And it is all made possible by the Son of God who died for you, was buried, and came out of the grave on the first day of the week. And now calls us just as he called Peter, follow me. Recognize who I am. Recognize what I've done for you. Recognize how much I love you. Live for me. Follow me. I will show you how to be heaven bound. This is where it's rooted. This is where we begin to make a connection with, let's start at the back and work our way forward. This is how God has planned, God has acted, God has fulfilled, God has accomplished, so that whomever you are, when or wherever you live, you are able to say, He is 
mine. We heard Peter describe it in verse 25 as, this is the good news that was proclaimed to you. Well, what sort of good news is, he is mine. Let's just allow Peter to answer that question. 1 Peter 1 and verse 2, grace and peace can be multiplied to me. I'm going to use personal pronouns here to make it as basic, easy to understand, relatable as possible. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace, undeserved favor of a holy king who loves first, who acts First, who sends his heralds into the world and says, Hear ye, hear ye, lawbreakers, unholy defilers, rebels guilty of cosmic treason against the king of the universe. The king has acted in space and time. There is good news Though you deserve everything coming to you, I bring good news of peace. And it's not added to you, it's not put on you as a slow drip. You, you can't earn it. There isn't anything you can do to outweigh what you deserve, but grace and peace can be multiplied to you. What sort of good news is this? Verse 3, he has caused me to be born again. Born again to a living hope. How, how do those words land on you this morning in a world where not all of life is hopeful. And not all hope is alive. But when you put those two special words together, especially when God Almighty is putting those special words together, what incredible news. Living hope. What those who are born again now have access to. Now and in the future, look at verse 4. I am an heir to an inheritance that is imperishable. It won't decay. Everything you have at home, everything you have proudly on display, everything maybe you dusted or wiped around or vacuumed around this week, Everything that you have in boxes behind doors that you would be mortified for someone to see, but you just can't bring yourself to throw it away. Everything you have is decaying. Not this living hope. Not the inheritance of those who have been born again. It is imperishable. It is undefiled. Completely unsoiled. It is unfading. It is kept in heaven. 
And Peter believes it's kept in heaven for me. He's writing to anyone who will listen. It can be kept unfading for you. How? Why? Well, verses 5, 6, and 7 it is being guarded just as surely as I am being guarded. The first word in verse 5 is not a what, it's not an it, it's a who. Those who have this inheritance, because they've been born again, you by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter was one of the people who was there, who knew when Roman officials told Jewish officials, you know what, we hear that you're worried that somebody might come and take the body of this Jesus of Nazareth out of the grave. And so, you know what, we'll go ahead, we'll give you a couple of guards, maybe some of the most amusing words in all of the Bible. Make that tomb as secure as you can. And 2,000 years ago on the first day of the week, it didn't matter who was guarding that tomb, the Lord Jesus Christ was coming out. And it is the same Lord Jesus Christ who is, listen to this language, on guard. Through my faith, through your faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Because my inheritance is being guarded, does that mean everything right here is going to be perfectly fine? No. A man who walked among us, who, who, who knew intimately what it was like to be human, said, listen, there are going to be trials of various kinds. Remember who you are. Even more importantly, remember whose you are. If necessary, for a little while, you're grieved by various trials. This man knew what it was to be grieved by trials. But here he is, now a much older man telling us, your faith can come out on the other side of those trials more strong more genuine than ever before because of those tests. And you, as you remember, I am his and he is mine, can come through that trial in a way that results in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What makes this such good news? My life has been transformed. You heard it as 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. My life forever changed. That is this good news. This is confidence this is blessed assurance why are we able to sing with such blessed assurance Jesus is mine 
what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of His Spirit. Washed in His blood. Those are words God's people have been singing for a couple of centuries. Drawn right out of. 1 Peter chapter 1. What incredible good news is being proclaimed to us. Let's just realize what it flows through. The message of 1 Peter 1 is not simply, listen, you are able to say he is mine. Incredible. No, it flows through. I am his. It's all over 1 Peter chapter 1. It's in verse 13. I must prepare my mind for action. Look at verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. You can't float into this sort of relationship. You can't float through life taking this relationship for granted. Your mind has to be set. You have to keep your mind sober, which is why God's Word in Old and New Testaments warn us about the things that we take in, the things that we drink, the places we go, the people with whom we spend time. Don't make it harder on yourself is the message of the Holy Spirit to be sober-minded. You are not your own. Prepare your mind for action. You are His. And He could not have put it any more clearly than He did in verse 14. As obedient children. He's the master, you're the heir. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Every single believer in this room has acted at times in foolish Self-centered ignorance. Leave that behind. That's, that's your former manner of life. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Let's allow the Holy Spirit of God to remind us on this first day of the week. We are going to be different. Don't be afraid to be distinctive this Weak. Don't talk like people who don't belong to God. Don't act like people who claim He is mine. Don't treat others with minds set on the things of this world the way they treat others. Be distinctive. Be salt. Be light. Be holy as He is holy in all your conduct. And if you will do that, what you are doing is putting into flesh this good news. My hope is not set on never acting foolishly, selfishly, ignorantly. My hope is not set on somehow being able to stand before the God who always had a plan that 
for so long I didn't listen to and saying, it's time for you to give me what I deserve. It's not standing before the Lord Jesus Christ one day and, and demanding a paycheck based on the way that I've followed him. No, my hope is in him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness but when that becomes personal you look at the language of verse 13 I can confidently say my hope is set fully on grace on the grace that will be brought to me Could I end our time in 1 Peter chapter 1 by focusing your attention on three? I, it's a big claim. Maybe somebody can come along and say, well, maybe not top three. Maybe, maybe in the top ten or something. I'm going to suggest to you these are the three biggest things I have in common with this man who wrote this letter. In fact, they're the, the three biggest things you have in common. With this man who wrote this letter. And the first of them. Is the revelation. Of Jesus Christ. If you were listening carefully last Sunday morning. You heard John. Use a curious word. Multiple times. John chapter 21 and verse 1, he, he began that, that wonderful scene by telling us after this Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias and he revealed himself in this way. And to make sure that we get what he is talking about on the back end of it, he says in verse 14, this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed Jesus didn't just pop in show up wasn't a coincidence Jesus was unveiled with a purpose according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and Peter remembered that day. And years later, as he wrote this letter that you and I are reading together today, would you notice with me, 1 Peter chapter 1, how over and over and over again he uses the same language. Look at verse 5. Speaking to those who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be Revealed in the last time. Verse 7. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want you to listen very carefully this morning. This man who wrote this letter lived a long time ago. He lived on the other side of the world. He spoke a different language than you and me. 
But the Lord revealed himself to this man in spectacular ways. And the Lord God Almighty is using this man even this morning to communicate to you and to me and to everyone who will listen. The same Lord Jesus Christ is going to reveal himself to you. Your story can be one of fully experienced grace. By faith, with hope set fully on and in God. But you need to understand that when the Lord Jesus reveals himself to you, that is going to set in motion, listen to 1 Peter 1, the end of God's plan. Your Father in heaven, verse 17, is described as one who judges each one impartially according to his deeds. Why have we gathered on this first day of the week? Because God has provided a living and active abiding word that I might be ready for that appointment that I will keep that you might be ready for this appointment that you will keep the three biggest things you have in common with Peter the Lord is going to reveal himself to you God the Father is going to judge you and he has provided a book with matchlessly good news so that look at verse 22 your soul can be purified that you can obey the truth you can live in sincere brotherly love you can love one another earnestly from a pure heart you can be born again those are words of the Lord Jesus Christ who told us in John chapter 3 unless you are born of water and the Spirit you cannot enter the kingdom of God and God used this man to help people understand how I can do that repent turn from what dishonors God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit it is all according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. And as we stand and sing this invitation song, I want those words at the end of 1 Peter chapter 1 to ring in your ears. You're like grass. I'm like grass. All flesh is like grass. I had a very kind optometrist tell me two weeks ago, you know, how old are you? And when I told her I was 43, she said, well, you're ahead of the curve. This happens to most people at about 40, so you've done well. But, and it was a kind, gentle reminder, all flesh is like grass could I tell you with all the love in my heart there's gonna come a time that you're in a last assembly like this 
you're going to hear a last invitation song. You're going to take a last breath. And then you're going to be ushered into the full presence of the God who gave you so many assemblies, so many invitation songs, so much time. We want you to be able to say as you leave this assembly, I am His and He is mine. This is the way God has provided. If we can help you in responding to him, would you let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stand and sing together?